We are back today with John Hobbs of Start StopSaving.com. John Hobbs of StopSaving.com. John uh, is interesting. I love your perspective with your institutional background. You worked with JP Morgan. You've worked at some hedge funds, and uh, we've had some great conversations. But um, John has also started posting his technical analysis updates that you can sign up for on his website um, on his YouTube channel. So I'm going to post the link to John's YouTube channel. He's really trying to to build that up and um, uh, share his information and content on that. So make sure you go over there, subscribe to John's channel, set your alerts and everything so that you can get the updates. Um, the content that you put out is just fantastic. You've written several books on investing in cryptocurrency and uh, you just released one um, not too long ago. When did your last book come out? Uh, April 12th, about two days April 12th. before. Yeah. April 12th of this year. So that was great timing for a new book and how to invest in cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. Well, it was more about trading long and short too. So I think uh, hopefully the, the risk management side of it was was helpful. Um, uh, so I think it, it's, it's for all market conditions rather than just uh, a bull run. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic no, book. I've enjoyed it. I've been, uh, I've read it and uh, it was really insightful. Got a lot of great gems out of it. And I just, uh, I really enjoy the perspective and I've been getting your email updates. I was like, man, I wish you would put that in video format and now we've got it. So everybody make sure you go to John's channel. I'm going to put the link in the, in the uh, description below. So you can go there and sign up and uh, subscribe to his channel, help him build his channel, share it. Um, and uh, let's go ahead and just jump in. You want to share your desktop and we'll just get into it. Yeah. Well, thanks for having Finally me back. We have Rick. some action out of Bitcoin. It's been stuck in the mud here for a few days. We do. Okay, you see the chart? Got it. Yeah, so this is a this is just for for fun. This is a one hour chart, uh, and I was looking at the the Fed minutes released at two p.m. EDT, uh, which is about seven p.m. London time. And obviously, I'm in London, so I'm trading, uh, looking at London time on the chart. And uh, if you go here, that was seven p.m. just over here where this arrow is, when the Fed minutes went out. So we've had a we've had quite a correction since then uh bitcoin was actually forming kind of higher lows over here uh and it's broken out of that so you know it's it's very tough right now to trade um bitcoin on the on the shorter term uh time frames because it's wicking around quite a lot um and on the longer term time frames uh there's a lot happening where it's actually compressing quite a bit so i think bitcoin's building up for for a big move uh, up or down we'll have to see when we get resolution on that but um i'll just switch into the more longer term chart to show what i mean here so you can see that i mean this is a simple chart without many indicators or anything on um and you can see that basically when we started this downtrend we we, we were first going in a fast downtrend and the distance between the the highs and the lows were were wider uh, now we then went into a slow downtrend and the distance between the highs and the lows got narrower. Um, so it's compressing and the trend is slowing down at the same time or the, the downward move is slowing down. We did have over here where we had a one low, went up, had another low. Uh, and if I just zoom in, you can see over there, we had a low, we had another low. And now we're looking to potentially test the slow again. Uh, now, to keep it really simple, if, if Bitcoin were to close a, a daily candle, and this is a daily chart below here, then I think the hope is, is it's going to be hard to recover from that because now we'd be going back into a downtrend. 
Um, you know, you've got this wick over here at about 28, eight, depending on what exchange you're going to use. I don't really think that'll offer much support. So that's kind of the bearish case. Uh, we are compressing. So I think whatever move happens next, if it breaks below 31 on a, maybe an, on a daily and it closes there, I think closes on ports and wicks, it's not the same. Or um, on the bullish side, we, we, we have this case here where basically because it's compressing, I would say this high here, which is about 36,000 uh, around there on a daily closure above that, then what would happen is you would have this kind of volatility starting to expand while we're going up, uh, which means we could have a bigger move. Um, and you've got to remember that we, we, we've had a massive drop here. Uh, and, you know, I did, last month, I kind of, or last week, I, I went into like the monthly charts and, and showed kind of a case for that they aren't looking good from a bullish perspective. So you've got to remember that even if Bitcoin were to, uh, let me just get out the Fibonacci's here. What is that level that is the point of no return that you're mar you're marking at the bottom there? That's about thirty one thousand ish. Just I mean, it depends what exchange is. I'd say just a round number thirty one thousand to be safe. If you want to be more yeah. cautious, thirty thousand. You know, I so guess if we the, close below that, chances yeah. are it's not coming back anytime soon. If we close below that, I think I think it's 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 more likely yes because that would confirm that it's going into a downtrend, uh, and then from there you, you're looking at 25 as a, as a big bounce area, potentially nice round number, and then perhaps 20. But you just have to kind of see, play it as it comes. You know, you can't really predict it. It could go down and you get someone come in and just buy it up at, or front run that target, which often happens. Um, but I think it, it, it wouldn't look good at all, no. But on well, the bullish here's something else too. Yeah. So with, you know, charts and patterns, here's something that nobody's talking about. And, you know, you have your rising channels, you have your... Um, uh, dropping channels. And this is what we call a trash shoot channel. So as a real estate developer, when you're working on multi-story buildings, you have to build a trash chute to get your trash out of the upper levels down to the dumpster below. And that's what it looks like. So <laughs> a new yeah, chart indicator, up. the trash chute channel. You that would it. indicate a dump. Potentially. But I, but I think there's also, the, there's also the kind of counter argument that uh, <laughs> we're slowing down and we're compressing, you know? So... Yeah. That was just a funny aside there. It just, it looks yeah. like a trash chute on a commercial building. It does, but, it uh, does. And I've just kind of drawn this randomly. So, but um, if we are to bounce, you know, and that's very possible that we, that we go bullish. And actually yesterday I was, I was quite bullish, provided a few conditions hold, they, they didn't hold after the Fed minutes. But um, if we closed above there, we could, we could very likely test this uh, 40, 40,000 to 41, 2000 region. And if Bitcoin gets above there, then the targets are, the first fib is 0.382, which is at about 43.4. The next one's around 45. I mean, that's assuming that this was the bottom. I can actually drag this down a bit more uh, to the bottom. If we assume that wick at 28.7-ish was the bottom, then of this move, then these are your targets. You've got 20, 42, 46, and then the kind of golden Fibonacci with, with Bitcoin is such a, a significant level that they just seem to hold all the time in bull and bear markets. Uh, if Bitcoin were to even get that high from here and wick above it and just tag it and come back down, that would look very bearish. Uh, and that would be a very classic bull trap. So you just got to be cautious on these, on these, this upswing. Uh, 
you know, Bitcoin could go up and keep going up back into a bull run, but it would really have a lot of work to do. And it's got to close candles above that 51,000 level daily, daily, daily candles. candles and then weekly. weekly would even be better, obviously. I mean, it just depends on how aggressive you are in your, in your kind of analysis. If, if, you know, if you want more safety, you might say weekly candles, but then you might get a, a later, higher up entry. If you want to be more aggressive, you can say daily candles. It just depends on, you know, everyone's got their different kind of uh, ways of looking at it. And it just depends on how cautious you are and, and you know, um, and what your view is. But uh, that's kind of the sort of big picture there. Um, and yeah, so, so to bullish as in for this move so this is another chart it's got a lot of writing on and stuff but i do put these on my blog so you can always uh get the writing in the notes there uh if you want yesterday i was looking at this chart uh and i was actually quite this is a daily chart again and i was actually uh quite bullish provided a couple of conditions held and that was that i wanted uh, to see a daily this daily candle was was hitting this 21 exponential moving average which is a the yellow line and we'd, we'd hit it once twice three times four times and it looks like when you when you test it that many times it just looked like we could be getting above it and if that had happened this would have got a flatter slope and would have started to curl up and then we would have had this blue line which is the 50-day uh simple moving average uh, cross so it would have been an upward bullish cross of that and typically when that's happened you, you've got these kind of very decent uh moves to the upside so I was looking for that condition to hold. There was also a, an upward sloping trend line just connecting the, the lows here. We've clearly fallen out of that per that earlier chart. Uh, when, when the minutes came out, you could, you could just see that's happened. So it's, it's not great. You can also see the slope of this uh, 21 EMA is, is decreasing. Uh, and at the same time, this is the relative strength index. So this orange, this, this is this white line is the relative strength index, which is just the relative strength of buyers versus sellers. And this has been in a downtrend of uh, uh, lower highs, this orange line here, since basically the start of the year. And the whole time Bitcoin's done this, this kind of movement, we've continued to get lower highs. Yesterday, we were consolidating up just above and around it. So it did look good from that perspective. Um, and I really wanted to see it get above 50, uh, which would have just been in the balance of, of, of buyers versus sellers, because then we would have been above this line and it looked like it would look like a, a change in momentum, uh, especially at a time when the volatility has been compressing so much, you could potentially have a big move to the upside. Of course, now we've rejected that and we're going back down. So we are closer to the bottom end of the range right now. We are still in a downtrend right now. So it's not looking good. But at the same time, I mean, I guess if you have to look, if you have to kind of clutch for straws and look for hope of, a, of, a, of, a, of an upside move, it's it's that this Bollinger Band here, uh, Bollinger Bands are volatility indicators. So, so it's still contracting on the daily chart. So we're still squeezing. You know, it's only when, when if we start to close a daily below this line and the Bollinger Bands expand, that means the volatility is increasing while the while the price is closing on new uh, lows, that's that's not a good sign because that's the sign of a big move. And it'll be the same thing above here if we got above this level of about 36. Uh, and as we started to go a bit higher, you'd have daily candle closes starting to potentially close above on the top Bollinger Band while volatility expands outwards. So, so that's kind of why I, I do think a big move's coming. 
And while it may not necessarily be the time to be trading Bitcoin uh, in the short term, I think it's definitely the time to be watching Bitcoin if you're a swing trader uh, and, you, and, you, and you're looking for a move. So, yeah, I mean, there's a few other charts I can go into. Um, yeah, let's take a look at them. It's an interesting time because we have, well, out of nowhere, we had China with their um, decisions. And then we had the Fed minutes come out. We all knew the Fed minutes were going to have an effect. And it really didn't say anything different than what we already knew. But still, um, I think the spookiness in the market is, is China, um, new issues with the Delta uh, virus variant affecting other countries. And um, when you couple that with the Fed minutes where they're seeing dissension is the issue there. So they're not seeing full consensus with Fed policy, hmm. um, which would lead you to believe that you're probably not seeing consensus with central banks across the world with what's going on. And with Bitcoin specifically, we have Grayscale coming up here um, next week, I believe it is, with their unlocking and nobody really knows what effect that's going to have, if any, uh, could just be a wash. You know, some people say it could drive the price. Some people say it could push the price down. Until that happens, we're not going to know either. Well, I think you've also got to ask yourself if, if Grayscale is unlocking and people are getting Bitcoin, you know, are they going to sell it at these prices if they haven't sold it yet when it's already dropped so much? So I, I don't know what would happen. I think it's some, some would, some wouldn't. So it's, it's difficult to say what would happen with, with Grayscale. I think there's a lot of uncertainty in the market. Uh, and I think that, well, the, the, the Fed minutes, as you said, it, it, it was divided. Uh, and also, um, you know, they did talk about the fact that they, that they are going to taper, but then they also said, well, they were also very cautious and said they'll be very patient. Uh, and they, they spoke about how they would potentially taper too. So would they do mortgage-backed or just other bonds? But again, it was much of the... It, it was uncertain and I think markets really don't like uncertainty. I think that's, that's, that's not a great thing. Uh, and if we kind of, we can actually look at the effect of this um, over here. Well, this is a different chart. Let me just go into so I think like the dollar is quite an interesting chart because obviously the dollar is, is, it's always going to go up in, in crashing markets. I mean, it's done that in the COVID dump. It, it did that in 2008. It was the one asset that really performed very well. And it, it, it can give you signals on, on, on whether we're risk on or risk off. And we spoke about this last week as we had this really, really nice W bottoming pattern with the dollar. And the first, the first low was, was uh, just touched the bottom Bollinger Band, just went outside and the second low was inside uh, above the bottom Bollinger Band, closer to the middle one. So it was a relatively uh, higher low, um, which is good. And also the volatility. So if you see the distance of this Bollinger Band here, it was wider and now it was narrower. So the, the trend had started and it slowed down and it's had this W bottoming pattern and it looks like it's reversing. So to get confirmation on that, if you really want to be on the, on the kind of more cautious side is you'd want to see a, this is a weekly chart. So you want to see a weekly close above about 93 on the DXY. And that would kind of cement that this is a true bottoming pattern. And then you've got, you've got quite a bit of upside there uh, and you just have to see how it goes. And that obviously the dollar works a lot slower than, than Bitcoin. And typically 
when Bitcoin, when Bitcoin, when the dollar is rallying, Bitcoin is, is doing the opposite. So that's a chart I'm also watching. Uh, it still hasn't made a higher low, or sorry, a, a higher high over here. So it's not, it's not all, um, uh, it's not all bullish for the dollar yet. And the dollar is still in a macro downtrend. Um, what's interesting here is you can see that the first Fed minutes came out on 16th of June, and I, I just like looked at that and this was a massive green candle at this time. And now these minutes have come out on the 7th of July. Uh, and this is the candle we're seeing. Obviously, there's still a lot more to go during the week, although it, it, it's not that long. It's a few days. And, and this looks a little bit indecisive to me. So again, another signal of just indecision in the market. Um, I think we saw stocks, uh, Asian stocks didn't do too well this morning. But uh, the S&P, well, now it's down a bit. It opened a bit up, but now it's down 1%. So it's having a bit of an effect on, on the equity markets too. So we'll just have to see. Yeah, I think it's... Yeah, it's um, 11.35 on the East Coast. And, you know, S&P is still down 1%. The Dow's down just about a percent. Um, NASDAQ's down 1.2%. So it looks like a lot when you look at the the points and the, you know, uh, numbers, but when you're looking at percentages, it's really not that much. And Nothing. it's just a little hiccup. The 16th of June fed minutes, that was their first real indication that, yeah, we need to do something. That was the first time they said we need to do something and we're probably going to do it sooner than what most people thought. And then today was just reconfirmation of that, but we still don't have any indication of, like you said, what are they going to do and when, uh, and in, in, until we get that, it'll be, uh, there's still a lot of uncertainty out there. So uh, this could just be one of those little profit-taking days, or it could be the beginning of a, of a larger move for the markets as a whole. We know we're topped out everywhere. Uh, it's just, we're just all-time highs, you know, every day record highs are being set. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's an incredible time for the markets. Yeah. And I mean, I think if you're, if you're an investor, uh, or a longer term trader, it just depends on your, your risk tolerance. You know, one of the kind of rules that many people go by is that you don't try to call the top in the market. And, and as long as the, the trend is your friend until the end. And if you look at something like the NASDAQ, it's still going up and it's continuing to go up. And, you know, if, if you've got a, a kind of a, a lower tolerance for risk, then yes, it's profit taking time. But if you, if you, if you just feel like, you want to stay in the trend and wait for an actual breakdown before you then get out on the, on the, on the bounce. Uh, that's another way to do it. So yeah, I mean, so far staying, staying long stocks has worked for the last decade at least. And it's, it's when does this happen? When does things change? Um, and you've got to also look at the fact that if we do get a massive correction in the markets, uh, what would the Fed then do and what would central banks then do? Because it's like you say with the Delta variant and things like that. Um, I mean, in the UK, things look to be pretty good. Uh, we, we're opening up in, uh, properly in, in, in a week, so really looking forward to that. Um, and I think in the US, things have opened up a bit more, but there's all still a little bit of uncertainty with, with rollouts and that. And, and also what's going to happen with all the companies that have, that have had to effectively lost business uh, so you might get a wave of bankruptcies, uh, and then that's obviously not going to be good for markets. And then you've got to think, what are the, what, what, what's the, the, the central banks going to do then? They're going to, well, they're going to print more money. First of all, they're going to have to. So the tapering conversation is over. They'll have to figure out a way to 
prop the markets up again because it's good for the economy in the short term. Um, and if that doesn't work, then what else can they do? They can probably start to, uh, I mean, they could give people money directly, like what they've been doing in the US, uh, stimulus, stimulus checks directly. So you've got to think that the, the central banks are always going to try to do something to prevent uh, major corrections. And I don't think any, any political campaign or any presidency campaign wants anything like that happening on their watch where they were the they were in charge of the country at the time when, when, when the big crash happened. So they're going to throw the kitchen sink at it no matter what. So again, it's like, well, do you bet against them? So far, you, betting against them would have been terrible. Um, you would have got crushed every single time. But the market doesn't stay the same forever. So we'll have to see. I think diversification is the key. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. I, and I think we are status quo in the interim. We, we still have unemployment bonuses in effect till the end of September in the United States. So really from the standpoint of, yeah, we've been open. Uh, there's a number of states where vaccination rates are very low. They're experiencing um, you know, some hot spots of the new variant there. That's not gonna really affect the country as a whole. Although they are talking about going back to maybe indoor mask mandates here, uh, depending on how, that, how widespread that becomes. But um, about half the population is vaccinated. The unemployment benefits are ending in September. Um, so there's a lot of changes in the United States coming of coming out of a lot of the support from the, from the federal, uh, federal government from a stimulus standpoint SBA loans, emergency loans, all that stuff basically ends this fall. So it'll be interesting to see where we go from there. And what's really interesting about all this is, you know, Bitcoin has been largely tied to the markets, definitely to money supplied. I think you've got a chart on that, but it's been kind of tied to the markets and the markets have been going up. Bitcoin was going up with it, but Bitcoin is the only thing that's really corrected to the degree that it's corrected in cryptos in general. Um, without the other markets with as large of a correction. And it's not going back up as the markets, you know, they've had little hiccups here and there, 5% here, something like that. Um, but Bitcoin is not rebounding with the market. So that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, I think also the market, the, the stock market hasn't crashed yet. Uh, and you could argue that Bitcoin is a, is a leading indicator uh, you'd have to look very carefully and analyze that. I mean, here we, this is, so this blue uh, chart is Bitcoin. The yellow chart is the uh, S&P 500. And this white chart over here is the M2 money supply. And obviously you can see clearly that as the money supplies increased, uh, these assets have trended up. So the first thing is that Bitcoin's only ever been around in an environment where the money supply has been increasing, um, which is interesting. So, it, it, and basically that, that implies a bull market. We, we, the S&P has been in a bull market this whole time since the money supply is increasing. And if you look here at the COVID uh, crash, what happened? Money supply went up and the price went up, both Bitcoin and of, uh, of the S&P. Um, but what's interesting here is if you look at Bitcoin, uh, let's just look at it over here, for example. I mean, I don't think it, in 2014 th this would have held so much because there weren't many people watching Bitcoin. It was less, less, less well known. But uh, here Bitcoin went down. And then later on, a little bit later, 
you had a drop in, in the S&P. So I don't think that was really relevant. But over here, you can see a very correlated drop. And then Bitcoin continued to drop. And then the S&P went down, uh, kind of when Bitcoin went down too. So it's just quite interesting to see the correlations here. And over here, what's interesting is the, the money supply growth of M2 has, has flattened a bit. Uh, and Bitcoin, as you say, has dropped down but nothing's happened to the stock market. Um, but what happens if this continues to go down and Bitcoin continues to go down and consolidate, does the market then lag Bitcoin and, 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 and drop in after that as a, because I think when, when people start worrying, they, they want to take money out of the riskiest stuff first and they will view Bitcoin as risky. But then when, when they start viewing stocks as risky, then they will take money out of stocks and maybe it follows after, if it follows after, of course. And, potential return on that investment. So one of the things that Bitcoin is experiencing is going to experience moving forward is obviously diminishing returns. So the higher the price gets, the lower your ROI is on that investment on spot. So that's one of the things that can, can affect an investment decision in terms of, you know, what's, what's the highest return I can get in the, in the shortest period of time if I'm expecting monetary supply to change markets to correct, where is that velocity going to be best placed? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because if you look at things like, like the altcoin market and, and we were discussing this earlier with how Bitcoin mm -hmm. topped out with this rounding topping formation, it didn't have this blow off top, like you said, but the altcoins did. So that could be an early sign too. People, people at, at the time, I mean, when altcoins were going up, everyone was putting money in altcoins and it was going up, but now it's, it's, it's not really. So it's all very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, nobody knows the real future. I mean, Bitcoin dominance is way down and, and will it get back above 50%? Will altcoins gain more steam? Ethereum's gaining more steam with, uh, you know, the upgrades that that's going to have here in the future, if, if that does happen and they don't push it off into the future. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's an interesting time right now for cryptocurrencies. We know that obviously the industry is growing. It's not going anywhere. The question is, where is the capital going to want to be? We're seeing that play out a little bit now, but long-term, once we get through these grayscale unlocking, we get through you know, some of these economic issues, we get opened back up, China settles down a little bit. The real question is, where does the capital see the most upside potential in future in cryptocurrencies? And I think that's what we're yeah. figuring I mean, I out think, right now. Yeah, I mean, I think as Bitcoin's market capitalization is getting getting larger, uh, its volatility is going to naturally decrease, which means its upside is going to decrease. Um, but the capital, it really depends on on, on your risk profile. So if you're, a, if you're a big institutional investor, you're already scared of Bitcoin. So if you're going to invest in cryptocurrencies, you're going to go for Bitcoin because it's been around for 12 years. It's never shut down. Uh, and actually, because it's a bigger market cap, there's more liquidity in it. You can, you can buy it. You can hold it. You can trade out of it if you need to in, in a crisis. So it's difficult if you're an institution to be putting, or if you're a bigger investor, putting money in more smaller, smaller cap currency tokens, unless you're a venture capital firm who wants to buy something and hold it for a longer time or a you know, high-frequency algorithmic trading arm who does very small micro trades. So it, it's, it's difficult to say. I mean, I, I think 
also the, the, the market of, of crypto, it does move in these cycles and they risk cycles, just like you have cycles in all markets with, with crypto. It's, it's it, what you want to see if you want to get bullish on Bitcoin or on the, the crypto market now is you want to see Bitcoin make a major move to the upside. You want to see it get above that 21 uh, week moving average and you want to see Bitcoin dominance going up because people are piling into Bitcoin and, and that's kind of the, the start of it. And then once they're happy that Bitcoin's chosen its direction, that's when the altcoins will catch up. And the, the junk always tends to, to rally last in markets. And that's why you've seen Dogecoin uh, have a massive blow off top and, and kind of run at the end. And, and what's interesting there is you've also seen GameStop and things like that in the equity market. So, so again, it's just a strange, strange market scenario right now. I think the money will flow I think Bitcoin would have, if you're going to be bullish, I think it would have to flow to Bitcoin first, just based on that, uh, because of the- Yeah, and the interesting thing is, talk. why is it not happening now? I mean, is it is it, are, is it waiting on ETFs, waiting on more broad-scale institutional adoption? I mean, every day we get a new story about a new institution opening up a fund or buying Bitcoin or getting into Bitcoin. So with all of the good news from a fundamental side, there's a lot of good news. Obviously, there's a lot of negative press as well. But in general, there's more companies, there's more institutions, there's more funds coming out for Bitcoin, planting their flag that they're going to invest. So why are we not seeing more buying now? It's difficult. I mean, maybe people just, it's how they see the value of Bitcoin right now at this point in time. Uh, it's probably a combination of two things. First of all, they probably want lower prices. So they're waiting for lower prices. And I think you were, you said this on one of your channels too, that they, they might just be waiting for lower prices. They might be waiting for 20K. But if it gets up to 40K and it starts looking a bit more stable, they're more happy to buy it higher as long as they know that it's in an uptrend. When it's in this range like it is right now and there's so much uncertainty, along with all the stuff going on in the global markets and things, it, there's not much interest. But I think when Bitcoin picks its direction, Obviously, by nature, you'll, you'll have people uh, either um, buying it lower when it gets lower, or you'll have people buying it higher when it gets higher. Yeah, that's yeah. a great point. I, I said that in a video the other day that for me personally, uh, as an opportunistic investor, I'm always looking for a lower entry uh, from a value standpoint, especially looking at the history. 20 months ago, it was $4,000. You know, a year ago, it was $20,000. So um, or, or, you know, last September, whenever that was, well, it might've been 10,000 back in September of 2020, but yeah, I think it was about 10,000 in August, September. Yeah. In yeah, July, yeah. actually. Where really... arguably the bull run began that we're in the cycle began. Yeah. So, um, you know, from a potential downside re full retracement, you could look for that level, but you know, there's probably too much uh, interest now at 20,000 because that flag has been planted. Everybody's sending the flag out. We like 20,000. That's the message that's being sent by the institutional uh, investors out there. So that's a good target. But what, what I said the other day is I'm fully comfortable jumping back in at 40 because, yeah, I know the trend's been reversed. We're in a new cycle. And I would rather be in when I know it's going up versus jumping in now, not knowing if it's going down because you could go down and stay down for a while just because there's interest at 20,000 doesn't necessarily mean it's going to immediately shoot back up. If you wash out down there, it could take a little bit longer uh, to get back up there. So the capital is not best used buying it at 20 and, you know, laying down in that or buying in now and dropping down to 20, having to recover and come back, make up all that ground when you could just use that capital. Otherwise wait, get in when you know the trend is reversed. Um, it's interesting. And then, you know, the other thing that um, 
that somebody asked, they said, well, why would somebody exit Grayscale and sell at a loss? And uh, you, know, you have to understand that it's preservation of capital. Some people would rather get out when they can, take a loss, move on, redeploy the capital and something else and make it up versus continue to ride a ship that's already sinking. Yeah, it's opportunity cost, isn't it? So right. if, there's a, if there's a better opportunity to, to put capital somewhere else, then that's what they're going to do. Um, but as you say, I think we spoke about this earlier, but it's like the markets are just going up. Everything's up. So it's, it's difficult to deploy new capital. I mean, if, you, if, you're, if you're in stocks at the moment, that's fine. But it's do you keep going into stocks when the risk return potential is uh, or is it better to wait for a bit of a correction first? Um, so Bitcoin's had that correction. But the question is, what happens? What happens now? Uh, and, and yes, I think 20K is a very... Uh, the seed has been planted, like you say, it's it's a level that everyone's watching. But also, if everyone's watching that level, it's very possible we don't get to that level. Uh, and people front run that level and you you might see 23k. The other thing is it just blasts straight through that level and, and it goes to 12k. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think whatever happens, it's going to take us a long time to resolve itself. I don't think we're just going to V kind of bottom out of here. I also think uh, it's going to take a long time to get to get to a bottoming uh, pattern. If we, even if we got to 20k uh, and it bounced properly, there's still a lot of resistance now at, at the level we're at now, which is 30k, because it's all about support and resistance. Um, but you know, Bitcoin Bitcoin was 20k once, it went down to 3k, and it got to 65k after that. Uh, so it's very possible that we can go much higher from here. It just it just it just depends on your time horizon uh, ultimately, and and yeah, if you have a long term view, I think it's 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 a it's a good idea. Uh, but again, you, 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 as a small part of the portfolio, but you don't know you don't know what's going to happen. Well, and it's also possible that as tight as this range is now, we could continue on this path for weeks or months, just riding now in a five thousand dollar range or twenty five hundred dollar range. Um, it is possible, but I think it's it's not as likely that we'll stay in such a tight range for so long, um, purely because if you just look at some of the indicators, uh, the, the volatility metrics are so low at the moment on, on like a daily chart, for example, that they, there's a, they're showing that, that it's very rare that Bitcoin gets to this kind of level of compression. So these, these uh, indicators, they normally revert back to whatever the normal is the mean and they will revert at some point and because they're getting so low right now or such a small amount of volatility it's on the balance of probabilities it's more likely that it's going to break out of, of this lower range and expand in volatility uh and then obviously it's the question is does it get out of this bigger range which is the 40 to 30 thousand region and I think it would have enough potential to potentially get out of that. And, and, and then, then you're going to have a big move uh, up or down. But again, the, the, the upward move is a lot more, is a lot more, uh, you've got to be a lot more cautious because it's, again, you've got those Fibonacci levels. And as we saw last uh, month or last week, sorry, on the monthly chart, there, there was a lot of information there that was suggesting based on kind of what Bitcoin normally does and what the dollar is doing, we could be going to longer term bear markets. So the only way to kind of not have that thesis anymore is you've got to have, that's got to be reversed. So you're going to need to see um, weekly closures 
above the 21 EMA and retests and all the things that you normally need in a bull market to come back. Yeah. And then we have the larger traditional markets, you know, now weighing in and uh, kind of keeping things down for now. And if those, if we begin a taper there and, and a broad sell-off and bear market, you know, trend in, in the broad markets, you know, that could really change the whole outlook for things as well. So, you know, the real question is, you know, is that going to happen? Can it happen? And how long will it be allowed to happen? And how far can it go? And we saw what happened last time. I mean, central banks and the Fed are not going to let it tank, but they might let it, they might let it, you know, pair off for a little bit and taper down for a while and kind of cool off. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good opportunity for anyone who wants to get back mm -hmm. into stocks, Bitcoin or anything like that. It's a delicate balance and it's something that probably needs to happen just for the overall health of the markets because right now you have uh, some of the smartest people in the world will tell you we're done we're headed for a bear market and, and it's any day now that things are going to collapse and then you have another side that says it just can't happen because you have the fed and it's just not possible and as long as this policy is in place you have to you have to run with the trend right the trend is your friend so you have to follow the trend yeah yeah i mean i think it's 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 a tough one because if you start getting a lot of inflation, they're going to have to raise rates. They're going to have to start tapering. But then if you have that and you also have markets crashing, but they can't raise, you know, it become, if it starts to get complicated for them and they're kind of trying to kind of put out lots of fires at once, then I think that's where the problem starts. Um, so far, they've actually managed it okay because the markets kept going up. Um, but you might have something happen. You probably need another catalyst, I'd say, uh, to, to, to do something um, because it's still in an uptrend, the stocks, stock market. Yeah, and a 10% correction is expected and would be considered yeah, I mean, healthy. Yeah, uh, yeah, that so would be nothing question, after the value we've had. Yeah, the question is, what would that do to crypto markets? What would a 10% correction in traditional markets? Because that's going to look bad. You know, That's going to look like real bad. But we know that that's probably healthy and normal and to be expected yeah. at this point. Uh, what would that do for the crypto markets? Well, I mean, we could probably see here. So we've actually got this chart open. Um, if I take this, what was this, October 18? No, no, that was way more than 10%. Yeah, yeah that's right. 20, yeah, 2018, 2019, we had a big correction, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, that was... No, that can't be right. 60%. Okay. Well, anyway, you can see that there was a big correction here and Bitcoin had this correction at the same time. Here you had a big correction. Uh, I think it's just, it's the scale of this chart that's confusing because obviously Bitcoin's a lot more um, volatile. But here when we had a big correction, we had the same thing happen with Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Here when we had a big correction, same thing happened with Bitcoin. Uh, and this was after Bitcoin was already in a downtrend. So I think that's the question. It's like, Bitcoin's already in a downtrend. If we now have a correction, what happens? And, and here we can see that Bitcoin was clearly in a downtrend. Stocks were uh, in an uptrend. And then we had a correction and Bitcoin had a correction. Um, and here stocks were in an uptrend. Bitcoin was in a downtrend. Hit a little bounce over here. But when stocks went down, Bitcoin went down. Uh, and here stocks are in an uptrend. So if stocks have a downtrend or a correction, even though Bitcoin's in a downtrend, it could still have a big correction down um and again like you say it could consolidate for a lot longer before that happens just like it's done over here so we might have a situation where bitcoin comes up drops down comes up drops down takes its time 
goes within a range, but the range gets wider now and then gets narrower again and it consolidates and then has its move, just like it's done over here. I mean, all these things, it, it takes a lot of time. You know, the, the, the first the first cut, the first uh, drop was, was quick and violent and vicious, but then you might have a long consolidation at big ranges before you have a, uh, an eventual capitulation settle. So things can take a lot of time. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if your thesis plays out of the leading indicator that Bitcoin is leading the markets in an overall downtrend in traditional markets as well and see if they correct more than that 10, 20%. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not something I'm, I'm kind of fully uh, behind, but I, I've just sort of noticed it. And I think it, the way to explain it is that it's like risk, a risky asset. If, if you are, if you're uncertain about the market, you're going to sell the riskiest or what you perceive to be the riskiest investments first. And Bitcoin, most people will, will perceive, some people won't. Some people think Bitcoin's safe compared to stocks because it's long-term. But if, if you perceive Bitcoin as more risky, you're going to sell that first before you sell your equity holdings. So that's that's a possibility why it's, it's worked out recently that way. And um yeah, I think it's it's intra-market because it didn't quite happen that way with uh, altcoins and Bitcoin, for example. Bitcoin kind of started slowing down first and then you had your altcoin drops. Uh, they blew off, they, they carried on going up and then it all dropped together. Um, so it's also interesting that way with, with altcoins and Bitcoin. Yeah, it was interesting. I saw a debate the other day about traditional markets in Bitcoin in terms of the best producer over the last 10 years since the history of Bitcoin. And obviously if you bought Bitcoin at pennies, um, you know, it's gonna outperform, but in terms of consistency, stock market has outperformed over the last 10 or 11 years. It's just been basically straight up. Yeah, uh, and you can see that from this chart. I mean, this line looks a lot like the money supply line, this yellow line, except for this, uh, a couple of little detours um, during it, whereas Bitcoin's it's obviously been a lot more volatile. I mean, it's risen much, you know, compounded annual percent returns, obviously much higher. But again, it's just the size of the market. So Bitcoin's a much, much smaller market than, than the stock market. So obviously, uh, it's going to be a lot more volatile. Um, and, and that kind of lends into, in the future of Bitcoin, if Bitcoin's to, uh, to appreciate in value, uh, and, and the, up, the, the further upside, the, the higher you go, the, the slower the returns um, and potential upside, but also the more stable it becomes. Uh, and it could just be something like gold that people hold as a, as a hedge uh, as a part of their portfolio. So once again, we've left everybody riveting. It could go up, it could go down, it could go sideways, <laughs> but not sideways for long potentially. No, I do think a big move's coming. Uh, and in those conditions, I still stand by is there's a daily close below the 31,000 area, I think. It's more likely to go for a big move down and then a daily close above 36 i think we'd at least get to the top of the range and then from there potential to go up a bit more uh and then you've got your fibonacci levels as your targets to watch from them from the downward retracement fantastic all right so um we will wrap it up here john thank you again for joining us today and sharing your insight and your wisdom and once again everybody i'll put the link for john's channel uh, his YouTube channel down below. He's posting these updates in video format now. He's got them on his website, like he said as well. You can subscribe to him. He writes a little narrative. You can you know spend a little time studying, reading the notes and everything. Fantastic work. I really enjoy that. 
and uh, and also the video format's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you get over there, subscribe to John, check that out, and um, we will see you all on the next video. All right. Thanks very much for having me on the show, Greg. Okay?